Hey, it's Todd coming to you from the Sports Review and Spiritual Library here in my apartment for two more weeks in Verona, Wisconsin. I am going to be relocating and moving on to Dodgeville, so, uh, but these uh, podcasts will continue. Why? Because of this beautiful cellular phone we have, I have, and uh, the other equipment I have, because due to modern technology, I am able to make this move. And we'll see what happens from there, because Verona is changing rapidly into a big city. So we're going to be reading from his Life Recovery Bible, New Living Translation. Um, And I'm going to be reading from uh, the uh, 2 Chronicles Chronicles 4, which is chapter 4 of the second part of the Chronicles, because there's one Chronicles and there's two Chronicles, there's two parts. Maybe more than that. I'm learning every day about the Bible. And uh, I'm amazed. I'm amazed that I was a... Uh, went, went to a... Went to a Catholic church and... Went to the uh, Catholic church and never really... Never got into the Bible at all. Never... All we did was read from Missalettes and stuff like that, you know, and... And that never really, that didn't spark it for me at all. But the Bible's sparking it. I'm seeing a little bit more of a, uh, I have a little bit more of a feeling that I need this. And I'm going to need the rich history and education for when I go on from here on out. So, here on out to eternity. Alright, so what we're doing is I'm reading from the, like I said, I'm reading for the AA Life Recovery but. Life Recovery Bible. So the uh, the recovery part is up for Alcoholics Anonymous and a recovery from this uh, hideous disease that we have. And it it takes the Bible, but it uh, ties in with the uh, with Alcoholics Anonymous twelve steps. And you know it's a wonderful way. And it's a wonderful read, and it's a great way to do essays. And uh, we're all learning from this when we when we listen and. I can read this stuff and read the words because I just really, really see a real need for this for folks from recovery and for folks not in recovery. So, all right, chapter four. Furnishings for the temple. And this is on page uh, five, 545. Solomon also made a uh, bronze altar 30 feet long, 30 feet wide, and 15 feet high. Then he cast, I'm sorry, then he cast a great round basin 15 feet across from rim to rim called the sea. It was seven and a half feet deep, about 45 feet in circumference. It was encircled just below its just below its rim by two rows of fighters and resembled and resembled that oxen. These were about six oxen per foot all the way 
across, and they were cast as part of the basin. The sea was placed on a base of 12 bronze oxen, also based, also facing outward. These faced north, three faced west, three faced south, three faced east, and the sea nested on them. The walls of the sea were about three inches dark, deep, three inches thick, and its room flared out like a cup and resembled a water lily blossom. It could hold about 16,500 gallons of water. He also made 10 smaller basins for washing the, the utensils for the burnt offerings. He set five on the south side until, and five on the north. But the priests washed themselves in the sea. He then cast 10 gold Ten gold lampstands, according to the specific, you know, specific specifications, I should say, that had been given, and he put them in the temple. Five were placed against the south wall. Five were placed against the north wall. He also built ten tables and placed them in the temple. Five along the south wall and five along the north wall. Then he molded 100 gold basins. He then built a courtyard for the priests and also the large altar courtyard. I'm sorry, then the large outer, outer, outer courtyard. He made doors for the courtyard and entrances and overlaid them with bronze. The gold bronze basins called the sea was placed near the southeast corner of the temple. Hiram, Hiram Ahi also made the necessary wash basins, shovels, and bowls. So at last, Hiram, I'm sorry, so at last, Huram, Huram Ahi also made the necessary wash basins, shovels, and bowls. So at last, Hiram Ahi, he completed everything King Solomon had assigned him to make the temple of God. The two pillars, the two bowl-shaped capitals on the top of the pillars, the two networks of interwoven chains that decorated the, cap the capitals, 400 pomegranates that hung from the chains on the capitals. Two rows of pomegranates for each of the of the chair of the chairs. Sorry, I got two pages stuck together. There we go. And the networks that decorated the capitals on the top of the pillars. The water the water carts holding the basins, the sea and the twelve oxen under it, 
the ash buckets, the shovels, the meat hooks, and all the related articles. Huram Ahi made all those things a burnished bronze for the uh, temple of the Lord. Just as King Solomon had directed, the king had them cast in clay molds in Jordan Valley between Sukkoth and Zerathon. Solomon used such great qualities of bronze that it would that its weight could not be determined. Solomon also made all the furnishings for the temple of God, the gold altar. The tables for the bread of the presence, the lampstands and their lamps of solid gold to burn in front of the holy, to burn in the front of the most holy place as prescribed. The flower decorations, lamps and tongs, all the purest gold. The lamps, stuffers, bowls, dishes, and incense burners, all of solid gold. The doors for the entrances to the most holy place in the main in the main room of the temple overlaid with gold. Alright. So we're going down to I got one of them. So what I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be, there's a uh, Step in the bottom. There's a, there's twelve steps of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous uh, descriptions on the back. I'm on the bottom of the page here, and it starts up four one. So this is going to tie in with the uh, with the four one reading we just went through. The, the uh, and then it's going to go on to the uh, four two. So it starts out verse four. I'm sorry, it's, a, it's chapter 4, verse 1. Immediately upon entering the temple area, worshippers encouraged a great bronze after a great bronze altar. I'm sorry. This object. This object would remind them that each individual was in great need of forgiveness. Here many animal sacrifices were offered in payment for this people's sins. Before any approach to God were possible for possible forgiveness had to be had to be achieved through sacrifice. God had made it possible for us to approach him through the through the death and the resurrection of the of his son even as we approach god for the forgiveness we also need to seek restoration with the uh, people we have wronged only by seeking forgiveness will we ever break free from the bondage of our past failures Okay, step three, whenever I hear the word bondage, I think of step three because of the uh, of the step three prayer. And, you know, it's it's amazing that how we work this program and how we are freed 
freed from our negative mind and our and our and our addictions that we uh, that we turn to. So it's just a beautiful thing. So chapter four, verse two says. The broad basin is the item of furniture corresponding to the tabernacle's wash basin. Exodus 30, verse 17 through 21. Before approaching God in the temple or making his sacrifices at the altar, the priests were re were required to wash their hands and feet so they could ceremonially clean. Ceremoniously clean. We too need to be cleaned of our impurities before we approach God. How wonderful to remember that our sign that our sins can daily be forgiven through Christ. Says a lot. You know, one of the things I have to think about too is, is the, is the patience that God gives us. As sinners, as people, we all sin. And most of all, the the alcoholic. You know, we're we are granted recovery from a hopeless disease. And the only thing the only thing that's gonna stop that disease and get us going to restoration is our higher power. He gives us the strength. You know, it's to me it's all spirit. That's what it is. You know, and people wanna people wanna brand it this, this and that and fine, but this is God. G O D to me, to me. Whatever anybody else calls it, just go ahead and call whatever. But uh, I'm going to do it my way. And it's the best thing, the best understanding that I have that God has come to me and, and saved me from a hopeless, destructible disease that is, with, that is still out to kill me. Well, I'd be out to kill me. You know, and that's the way I think a lot of other people feel too, but I'm not going to speak for them. But yeah, no doubt. All right, got some good coffee brewing. I'm all ready to go on here. All right, I got chapter five. Well, just one second here. I got another one on the bottom here. So, it's chapter 4, verse 20. Light was needed in the temple dark interior, even at the holy place. Would have been, would have been, would have been dark were it not for the temp, for the lampstand. So, would our life, be in act, be in total darkness without the presence of the light of the world. 
Jesus Christ. Wow. Yeah, the temple there, the the devil is the prince of evil is the way I look at it. And then, and Jesus is the king, the king of the, uh, the uh, he is the light. He is the uh, the light to our lives. He 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 lights the match to our ear. He lights the lamp to our to our disease. To see, uh, so we can have a turnaround and have that have the light of the world shining in uh, into our uh, souls. It's the sunlight of the spirit. It's what keeps me. keeps us going. That's what we have to work on with our resentments and getting rid of those resentments and getting them out of our life, so we can have a uh, have a positive experience with Christ. Because if there's anything gripping us inside, bondage of self is what they're talking about too. I mean, we just went through it. it, it it's got to go. It's got to go. Christ is not going to be able to work to us if He's got all that stuff there. They're blocking our channels to the higher power, and that's one thing that I learned too. I, I, uh, I didn't know that. That was like one of the first things I learned was getting rid of all that junk. I, I didn't understand that to channel to the higher power. You know how it worked. I had not experienced sunlight of the other spirit yet, and um, once I did the, uh, once I did all that four step work and got rid of that stuff, slowly, gradually, it started to come in. But I didn't understand it because I was too wrapped up in my ego and pride. So, onwards we go. Chapter 5. So Solomon finished all the work on the temple of the Lord. Then he brought all the gifts. Then he brought all the gifts his, his father, David, had dedicated the silver, the gold, and the various articles. And he stored them in treasuries in the temple of God. The ark brought to the temple. Solomon then summoned to Jerusalem the elders of Israel and all the, all the beads of tribes, the leaders of ancestral families of Israel. We're just going to stop here. And say that, God, please help those people in Israel. Please. It's, it's just amazing. It's, I, I just read an article about it. You know, and, and what I say, I'm, I'm going to, I don't like going political because I really don't know that much about it, but I do understand that. This has been going on over there for ever since this Bible came up, fighting. Ever since, you know, for the Egyptians and uh, Israel and all in the Middle East. It just keeps on going. But, you know, all we can do is pray for them. That's not all we can do, but, you know, reality is, is that the good Lord will take care of them. I do have that feeling. It's the way, just like he takes care of us, So the ark brought to the temple. Solomon then summoned to Jerusalem the elders of Israel 
and all the beads of and all the heads of the tribes, the leaders of the ancestral families of Israel. They were to bring the Ark of the Lord's Covenant to the temple from its location in the city of David, also known as Zion. Zion. So all the men of Israel assembled before the king of David. I'm sorry. So all the men so all the men assembled before the king of the for the king of the annual festival of shelters, which is held in early autumn. When all the Israel all the elders of Israel arrived. The Levites picked up the picked up the ark. The priests and, and the Levites brought up the ark along with the special men or special tent and all the sacred items that had been in it. There before the ark, King Solomon Solomon. And the entire community of Israel sacrificed so many sheep, goats, and cattle that no one could keep count. Then the priest carried the Ark of the Lord's Covenant into the inner inner sanctuary of the temple, the most holy place, and placed it beneath the image, beneath the wings. Sorry. Beneath the wings of the cherubims, cherubims, the cherubim spread their wings over the ark, forming a canopy over the ark and its carrying poles. These poles were so long that the ends could be seen from the temple's main room, the holy place, but not from the outside. They are still there to this day. Nothing was in the ark except the two the two stone tablets that Moses had placed at it at Mount Sinai. Where the Lord made a covenant with the people of Israel when they all left Egypt. The priests left the holy place. All the priests who were present had purified themselves. Whether or not they were in duty that day. And the Levites who were musicians. Asaph, Haman, Haman, Jehohan, and all their sons and brothers were dressed were dressed in the finest were dressed in fine linen. Robe, were dressed in fine linen, linen robes and stood at the east side of the altar playing cymbals, lyres, and harps. 
They were joined by 120 priests who were playing trumpets. The trumpeters and the singers performed together in union to praise and give thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpet cymbals and other other instruments, they raised their voice. They raised their voices and praised the Lord with these words. He is good. His faithful love endures forever. In that moment, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue their service because of the cloud. For the glorious presence of the Lord fill the temple of God. You know, some of this stuff to me, most of this stuff is just so foreign to me. I'm so grateful I'm in recovery now because I'm living right. I'm living with God, and that's what, uh, he's pointed me in this direction to the Bible reading. And I always told myself, you know, before I go, I need to read the Bible. So, that's what we're doing. That's why we're putting it out there. So, I'm going to go on here and stop my chattering. Um... So the subtitle for chapter 6 is uh, Solomon, Solomon praises the Lord. Then Solomon prayed, O Lord, you have said that you would live in a thick cloud of darkness. Now I have built a glorious temple for you, a place where you can live forever. Then the king turned around to the entrance to the entire community of Israel standing before him and gave his blessing. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has kept the promise he made to my father David. For he told my father, From the day I bought I brought my people out of the land of Egypt, I have never chosen a I've never chosen an city among any of the tribes of Israel as the place where a temple should be built to honor my name. Nor have, have I chosen a king to lead my people Israel, but now I have chosen Jerusalem as the place for my name to be honored, to my place, name to be honored. And I have chosen David to be the king over my people of Israel. Then Solomon said, My father David wanted to build his temple to honor the Lord. Honor the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord told him, You wanted to build a temple to bronze my name. You're, your intention is good. But you are not the one to do it. One of your own sons will build the temple of, to honor me. And now the Lord has fulfilled this promise he made. For I have become king to my father's share. 
And now I sit on the throne of Israel, just as the Lord promised. I have built this temple to honor the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. There I have placed the ark, there I placed the ark, which contains the covenants that the Lord made with people of Israel. Yeah, this this is good stuff too to read about. You know, and I have every I have to thank the Lord deep in my heart, deep in my whole heart, deep in my whole body that he has given me the ability to read and the ability to communicate and uh, the ability to do podcasts. It's been a year in November that we started doing podcasts. And my friend Sadie is the one who got me going in the right direction. So, we got some stuff on the bottom here to read from chapter 5. A couple of them here. It's chapter 5, verse 13. The trumpet sounded with joy. The slogan happily sang out their praise to God. What a beautiful celebration. We must remember to respond with thanksgiving and praise to God for the victories in our life. It is dangerous to emphasize our problems so much that we forget to express joy for God's cares. I know what they mean. We can, I can get so buried in my troubles and what's going on with me that I, have, I do forget the Lord and I do forget what God's done for me and where I've come from. So that's the thing for me and that's when I get into snags in my life where my depression really kicks in is that I forget where I've come from. And uh, I'm not grateful for it, and I don't have the gratitude. So, you know, I have, I have to keep it, I have to be sure that I am, have to have gratitude in my life. Otherwise, I'm going to be in a lot of trouble, because I can really get buried in depression. 5.13 and verse, I'm sorry, chapter 5, 13, verse through 14. As the people praised God, his glorious presence appeared and filled the temple. For us to have any hope for recovery, God must be present in our life. No matter what we set out to do, God's help is necessary for success. No wonder God's people responded with such a playful celebration. They were assured that God was with them. The fact alone gave them confidence in a future filled with joy and success. Going to chapter 6. Solomon praises the Lord. Then Solomon prayed, O Lord, you have said that you would live in a thick cloud of darkness. Now I have built a glorious temple for you, a place where you can live forever. Then the king turned around to the entire community of Israel, standing before him, and gave this blessing. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has kept the promise he made to my father, David. 
where he told my father from the day I brought my people out of the land of Egypt. I know I've read this before. I have never chosen. I have never chosen a city among any of the tribes of Israel as the place where a temple should be built in honor. So it should be built to honor my name. Nor, not I'm sorry, not have I chosen a king to lead my people. Israel, but now I have chosen Jerusalem as the place for my name to be honored. I've chosen David to be the king over my people Israel. Then Solomon said, My father David wanted to build his temple in honor of the name of the Lord, of the, of the God of Israel. But the Lord told him, You wanted to build a temple to honor my name. Your intention is good, but you are not the one to do it. One of your own sons will build the temple to honor me. And now the Lord has fulfilled the promise he made. For I have become the king in my father's place. And now I sit on the throne of Israel, just as the Lord promised. I have built this temple to honor the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. There I have placed the ark, which contains the covenant that the Lord made with the people of Israel. Good Lord will take care of us if we let them. Chapter 6, verse 14. We often become impressed by... It's uh, chapter 6, verse 14, and it's on the bottom, so it ties in. The 12 steps are tying in with the, uh, with the scripture that we just read. We often become interest, impressed... We often become impressed by trendy st- strategies that claim they can... St- Solve all our problems. New techniques or problems promise to accomplish great things in my life. Usually, these programs are filled with future wisdom, are, are filled with human wisdom that urges us to fix our problems for our own, to fix our problems by our own strength. This verse reminds us that there is no substitute for God. He alone is able to empower us for the recovery. God's promises are, re- are realized only when we commit, submit to God's will. Although God gives us the power to recover, He also, he also asks us that we put our life into His hands. Step three. You know, that's the thing is, is that, you know, all these, we still do it. We still uh, idolize. We still idolize wrong, uh, 
we still idolize the uh, the wrong uh, things that we're supposed to be idolizing. So we go on to ch- chapter. Uh, We're still in chapter 6, I'm sorry. It's Solomon's Prayer of Dedication is the subtitle. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the entire community of Israel. He lifted his hands in, in prayer. Now Solomon had made a bronze platform seven and a half feet long, seven and a half feet wide. Four and a half feet high, and had placed it at the center of the temple's other outer courtyard. He stood on the platform. Then he he knelt in front of the entire community of Israel, and lifted his hands towards heaven. He prayed, "O Lord God of Israel, there is no god like you in all the heavens and earth. You keep your covenant and show unfailing love to all." who walk before you in wholehearted wholehearted devotion. You have kept your promise to your servant David, my father. You made that promise with your own mouth, with your own hands. You have fulfilled it today. And now, O Lord, God of Israel, carry out the additional promise you made to your servant David, my father. For you said to him, If your descendants guard their behavior and faithfully follow my law, as you have done, one of them will always sit on the throne of Israel. Now, O Lord, God of Israel, fulfill his promise, fulfill this promise to your servant David. But will God really live on earth among people? Why even the highest heavens cannot contain you? How much less this temple I have built? Nevertheless, listen to my prayer and plea, in my plea. O Lord, my God, hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is making to you. May you watch over the temple day and night. This place where you have said you would put your your name. May you always hear the, the prayers I make towards this place. May you hear the humble and the earnest request from my from me and your people Israel when we pray towards this place. Yes, hear us from heaven where you live. And when you hear, forgive. someone wrongs another person and is required to take an oath of innocence in front of your altar at this temple, then hear from the heaven and judge between your servants, the accuser and the accused. Pay back the guilty as they deserve. Acquit the innocents because of their innocence. If your people 
Israel are defeated by their enemies because they have sinned against you. If they turn back and acknowledge your name and pray to you here in this temple, then hear from the heaven and forgive the sin of your people. Israel and return them to this land you gave to them and to their ancestors. If the skies are shut up and there is no rain because your people have sinned against you, and if they pray towards this temple and acknowledge your name and turn from their sins because you have punished them, then hear from heaven and forgive the sins of your servants, your people Israel. Teach them to follow the right path and send rain on your on your land that you have given to your people as their special possession. If there is famine in the land, if there is famine in the land or a plague of crop disease or attack locusts or caterpillars, or if your people enemies are in the Israel besieging their towns, whatever disaster is of disease there is. And if your people Israel pray about their troubles or sorrows raising their hands towards this temple, then hear from heaven where you live and forgive. Give, give your people what their actions deserve, or you For you alone know each human each human heart. Then they will hear your you and walk in your way as long as they live in the land you gave to our ancestors. In the future, in the future, foreigners who do not belong to your people, Israel, will hear of you. They will come from distant lands when they. Hear of what your great name and your strong hand and your powerful arm. And when they pray toward the help, toward the temple, then hear from heaven where you live and grant, them, grant what they ask of you. In this way, all the people of this earth will come to know and, and fear you, just as your own people Israel do. They too will know that this temple I have built honors your name. If your people go out where you would send them to fight their enemies and if they pray to you by turning towards the ten- towards this city you have chosen and towards city you have chosen and towards this temple I have built to honor your name. Then hear their prayers from heaven upheld their cause, uphold their cause. If they sin against you and who has never sinned, you might become angry with them and let their en- let their enemies conquer them and take them captive captive to a foreign land or away or near. But in the land of exile they must turn so I'm sorry. But in the land of exile, they must turn to you in repentance and pray. We have sinned some evil. We have sinned. 
done evil, and acted wickedly, if they turn to you with their whole heart and soul in the hand of them captivity and pray toward the land you gave to their ancestors, toward the city you have chosen, towards this temple I have built to honor their name, then hear their prayers and often petitions. Oh, I'm sorry. Then hear their prayer and their petitions from heaven where you live and uphold them and uphold their cause. Forgive your people who have sinned against you. Oh my God, may your eyes be open and your ears attentive to all the prayers made to you in this place. It's awesome. Awesome stuff. Let's see. We're starting to see a correlation between. We're starting to see a correlation here between the uh, the building of the church with the altar and everything and uh, how it's set up to. Uh, I want to say to imitate, but to to have an imitation of uh, in a good way of the of the Lord, because then we can have people come to the uh, of the church to pray. It's a sacred place, and uh, I understand the uh, I understand why the building and stuff are important, but the church is the people. That's what we have to keep in mind because. You know these churches that catch on fire, or they uh, they fall down, and you know they're, they're they're wrecked by natural disaster, obviously too. So we have to keep that in mind. You know that that the church is the body of people, and the church will never die. If your people go out where you send them to fight their enemies and if they pray to you by turning around this city you have chosen towards this temple I have built to honor your name, then hear their prayers from heaven and uphold their cause. I'm going to repeat this. If they sin against you and who has never sinned, you might become angry with them and let them let their enemies conquer them and take them captive to a foreign land far away or near. But in this land of exile, they may turn to you in repentance and pray. We have sinned, done evil, and acted wickedly. If you turn, if they turn to you with their whole heart and soul in the land of their captivity and pray toward the land you gave to their ancestors, Towards this city you have chosen, and towards this temple I have built, to honor your name. 
than have the, than hear their prayers and their petitions from heaven. Where you live and uphold their cause. Forgive your people who have sinned against you. Oh my God, may your eyes be open and your ears attentive to all the prayers made to you in this place. And now arise, O oh Lord God, and either your resting place, along with the ark, the symbol of your power. May your priests, O oh Lord of God, be clothed with salvation. May your Loyal servants, rejo- rejoice in your goodness. O oh Lord, oh, oh Lord God, do not reject the king you have an- anointed. Remember your un- un- sorry. Remember your unfailing love for your servant David. Dedication, no, I'm sorry. 636, chapter 6, verse 6 through 40. Prayer is one of our greatest, uh, prayer is one of our greatest privileges. Solomon pleaded with God, asking him to listen to his people, Christ for help and forgiveness. Today we need not plead with God to listen. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, now, now, mediate, now mediates our conversations with God. We can approach God at any time through Jesus, who sacrificed sacrificial death made recon, reconciliation with God possible. Solomon had to plead that his prayers would be heard. But we are absolutely assured of hearing. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. So we get down to two and we get down to chapter seven. And uh, the subtitle, The Dedication of the Temple. When Solomon finished praying, fire flashed down from the heaven and burned up the burnt offerings and sacrifices and the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. The priests could not make could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glorious presence of the Lord filled it. When all the people of Israel saw the fire coming down and the glorious presence of the Lord Filling the temple, they fell face down on the ground, worshipped and praised the Lord, saying, He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Then the king and all the people offered sacrifices to the Lord. King Solomon offered a sacrifice of 22,000 cattle and 120,000 sheep and goats. So the king and all the people dedicated to the temple of God. The priests took their assigned positions, and so did the Levites, who were singing, His faithful love endures forever. They accompanied the singing with music men, 
That's right. They come in the singing with music from the instruments King David had made for praising the Lord. Across from the Levites, the priests blew the trumpets while all Israel stood. Solomon then consecrated the central area of the courtyard in front of the Lord's temple. He offered burnt offerings and the fat of a peace offerings. These, these because the bronze altar he had built could not hold all the off, all the burnt offerings, grain offerings, and sacrificial fat. For the next seven days, Solomon and all the Israel celebrated the festival of shelters. A large congregation had gathered from as far away as Lake Lebo, Lebo, Hamath, in the in the north, and. Uh, and the brook of Egypt in the south. On the eighth day, they had a closing ceremony for their, for their seven days and the festival of shelter for seven days. Then at the end of the celebration, Solomon sent people home. They had been so good to David and to Solomon and to the people of Israel. All right, well, let's go down here. And this is going to be uh, chapter 7 and verses 1 through 3. God sent fire down from heaven to consume the offerings and sacrifices to show that the new temple was acceptable to him. The people the people's response was powerful. They fell on the floor. Faces in worship and praise to God. These response this their response was the right one after completing such a monumental task to building the temple. They they affirmed God's they affirmed God's guidelines as they thanked him for the for they thanked him for its love and faithfulness. As we experience great victory in our life. We also need to affirm God's God's goodness. Alright, so we got one more to go here in the bottom. It's chapter 7, verse 14. This verse contains one of God's greatest promises to Israel. Although this promise was given specifically to Old Testament 
Israel, we know that through Jesus Christ, God doesn't listen to for to our power to our prayers. He does forgive our sins as we confess them. It is part of God's nature to be forgiving. This fact should give us great comfort as we seek as we seek to deal with our past failures. Alright, well, you know what? I'm going to stop right there. And and we're going to go into the Lord's response. Uh, We're going to go into the Lord's response in the next the next uh, session we have with reading. And that will carry us into chapter 8. So, as you can say, if nobody else is closing and loving you today, I do. And I thank each and every one of you for being with me in this uh, reading. If nobody's told you they love you today, I do. And I say that with the power of love. Thanks.